Hey, what's up? It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 14th of July, 2020. All right. Well, look, I got the thing right the first time on that one, but uh, I'm a little bit annoyed because I just did about four minutes and then my mic cut out and I didn't want, I just, I just started again is what I did. Let me calm down. I'm a little bit upset right now. Angry would be a good word for it at my technology. Oh, a nice bit of, oh, that tea's at the perfect temperature. Okay. We can start again. Let's try it again. You guys don't know what just happened, but I just feel like I did a really good four minutes and I was starting to enjoy myself and then the fucking thing cut out and that's that's made me angry and I just, I think I need to go through that emotion and feel it and accept it so that I can move past it and into a new, renewed joy. Um, fuck. Anyway, I, uh, I what I was saying was I, I fucking last week where we left off, Literally last week, I finished recording the podcast on like Tuesday afternoon and then um, did like the editing and whatever. And uh, the, you know, that takes like fucking 45 minutes or some shit. And then as soon as that was done, I checked my messages and I was talking about how like, oh, I wonder if Melbourne's going to get locked down again or whatever. And uh, I went through and I found out that Melbourne had been locked down like as soon as I've finished the pod and I've been telling myself all week I think I've been telling myself all week just like this is shit it's so shit I've genuinely felt so shitty all week and I mean now I'm in a kind of annoyed mood but hey you should have seen me five minutes ago mate I was pumped (laughs) I was so happy to be here and then the fucking recording stopped all right come on let's see if we can salvage this come on Aiden hey thank you guys for listening thank you (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, That's what I'm trying to do every week is remember to thank the people listening for listening. And I fucking did it on the first one. And I forgot then because I got too caught up in my... That's a nice way to fucking... Yeah, anyway, whatever. Melbourne got locked down. Melbourne got locked down. That's what I want to talk about. We've been locked down since uh wednesday night and um this one just feels like more brutal and man i was walking around uh on saturday night and uh just talking to my mates in the in the fucking group chat comedians and um oh the mood was dire i'll tell you what the mood was just like we're all fucking trying to you know no one really had anything positive to say. And there was this, this is kind of what I've been thinking about. I'm going to, I think I'm going to talk about how I've been sad and then I'll come to now that I feel happy. Um, I've just been like thinking, you know, I think I've been holding on for, since coronavirus started, I've been holding on to like, yeah, but I'm still a comedian. And what I kind of was feeling on Saturday night was like, you know what, man, like I don't, feel like a comedian anymore and I like I said to my mates I feel like for now I am giving up I'm giving up on this is going to sound very melodramatic and it is but I feel like I'm giving up on my dream and I'm letting myself do that that's my dream to be a stand-up comedian and I just fucking you know because it doesn't exist right now and if it does later Genuinely, like if it does later, I will see where I'm at. 
It's like a fucking, it's like a girlfriend, you know? You break up and you would like one day to be able to pick it up again. Maybe you fantasize about it. Wouldn't that be nice if we could find our way back to each other? But I can't live my life like that's going to happen forever. So right now, I'm moving on. And uh, in not so many words, I'd said that to the group chat and uh, and one of the guys was like, the, the great and hilarious Luca Muller basically said, man, normally I would try and argue against that kind of vibe, but that's pretty much where I'm at too. And, um, and then we all just said that we loved each other. <laughs> It was, and it was really sad. What do you want? I don't know. It was real fucking sad. <laughs> um, one of the saddest moments of my life, I reckon. Yeah, but kind of liberating as well. Like I've always spoken about, you know, oh, I'm I'm so glad that I found this thing that I love. But what if I? That's true. Fuck. I do. I've always spoken like what this thing that I love is so great, but it's also like a a a curse in a way or a burden to have a thing that I is all I want to do because if I didn't have this, I would be free to do what I want and the thing that I have in my mind is like move to another country, learn the language and just live there as a person, you know. Um, I don't feel like I'm at that point just yet. I mean, that is pretty far down the fucking line of like if someone fucking came on the news and was like there's no comedy for five years then i would genuinely consider doing that if they said there's no comedy for five years fucking what would i do? i'd probably move i'd probably try <laughs> i'd probably try and move to like Colombia. that'd be cool and just be colombian <laughs> and just to like immerse myself in colombian fucking society and you know Learn the language, learn to fucking do, <laughs> to dance. I don't know. <laughs> Be some sort of farmer. <laughs> that's un- like, I guess I can't do that right now, but that's like not that far off from where I'm at. And it's kind of cool. I feel like, okay, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm letting that thing go. I got nothing. Now let's start again from scratch. And and I I applied for oh did I say this last week? I can't remember. I applied for a cert three in horticulture <laughs> because that's one of the um, free TAFE courses that the government's offering. I'm like I looked down all the other courses and it was like concreting, house building, being boring. <laughs> Like, just a bunch of shit that I don't want to fucking do at all. Um, Concreting was the one that stood out. I'm sure it's very, you know, there's like a a knack to it at least. (laughs) God, how, how, uh, how condescending am I? I'm sure there's a bunch of shit. I'm sure I couldn't just go out and do it. I'm sure it's fucking hard or whatever, but I have no interest whatsoever in concreting. Or learning how to do it. Or, you know what? The people who do it. No interest in them either. Scum. (laughs) Oh, the claws are out this week. His dream's dead and he's got nothing to live for. He's going after after the concreters. Who next? People who make small heaters for your room that work really well, but they churn out of electricity. Churn out of electricity? Fuck. Maybe he's going after grammar by the sounds of it. 
Anyway, there was nothing on that list of free TAFE courses that I want to do um, at first glance. But upon revisiting the list, I saw, you know what, horticulture. That's exactly what I've been doing. All lockdown, man. Plants and shit. Fucking as, bro. So, um, yeah, I signed up for that. There's no, like, I, you know, I didn't do a test, which is concerning. Because now I'm like, it says on the website... There's a lot of places in the, you know, sorry, there's a lot of demand. There's limited places. And, uh, I mean, I guess, are there actually limited places? Because there seem to be no way to differentiate between applicants other than a little questionnaire of like, why do you want to do the course? Which is, I don't know, I'd said I was a comedian and I'm not anymore because I can't do it. So I just want to fucking do some other shit. And this is what I've chosen. Like what? I'm worried that I'm not going to get into the course. That's going to be a big hit to my fucking ego if I don't get into this course because I just wanted a test. I want to do a test so I can be like, look, I'm good at passing tests, so can you let me learn about plants for a minute, please? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm hoping I get in. They, uh, I called them up and they said they would let me know by like the middle of this week. So that's that's where I'm at right now. I'm not a comedian anymore. It's <laughs> man, when I was like 18 and I fancied myself as being like, you know, in the rap world and I wanted to be a rapper and be someone who knew about rap and that was who I was. I used to watch this YouTube channel of this guy called E. He called himself E. I think his name was Eric. He was this American dude and um he would always talk about rap that he liked and I guess review albums and shit. And then sometimes he would go like, I'll show you guys my raps, but I know people are out here stealing lyrics. So I'm not going to do that because I'm not an idiot. Like he was just this weirdly defensive dude, but I liked him and I used to follow him on YouTube. And, uh, and then one time, what was it? It was called like E the Rapper was his channel. And then <laughs> I remember one time he was like, um, he was like, you guys, all right. This has been my channel. It's been a great journey, but I need to start on in a new direction, all right? So, E the rapper, it's done. It's dead. My new channel is E goes in. <laughs> and it's like cuz I'm going all in now. This is me on the, the new part of my journey. I'm going all in. And I remember being 18 and not having the confidence to question the sanity of this person. Like, it seemed like he was trying to G himself up to do something that he didn't really know what he was supposed to be doing, you know? So he was just like, I'm going all in. He had to say that to himself because, I don't know, he just, yeah, he had this dream and he didn't really know know what to do next to pursue it. So he's like, you know, writing all these songs, but he had no one to show them to or whatever. So he was just like, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to delete my old YouTube channel and I'm going to start a new YouTube channel and that's what I'm going to do to, to fucking live my dream of being a famous rap star. Anyway, that's where I'm at. I laughed at that guy in my head when I was 18. But now, here I am. I'm like, Aiden Jones, the comedian, is dead. <laughs> it's done. I'm going all in on <laughs> gardening. <laughs> that's me now guys all right so any idea of me as a comedian that you had in your head get rid of it because i'm in it's gardening now and i'm studying horticulture 
I mean, this is all bullshit. I absolutely still think of myself as a comedian. And if there's, you know, as soon as gigs come back, the plan is the same. But emotionally, I feel like I do need to, I just can't keep, you know, holding on to it. So that's what I'm doing, I think. Anyway, this is not what I was going to talk about, to be honest. But I'm in a better mood now, which is nice. I've been walking around a bunch. I've just been trying to get out of my own head this week. And I, this week? Yeah. This week. I've been trying to get out of my own head a little and, and stop fucking just stewing in my thoughts. Um, I saw some cool shit. I've been going on a lot of walks down Merry Creek. Um, Thursday I was down there. I saw this kid that reminded me of me, which is always great to see your flaws represented in a, a younger, like, you know, just, I see this kid. I'm like, I know where that's going, man. <laughs> it kind of felt nice. It was. It took me a second. I hated him, and then I realized, oh, that's just me, you know. Like, so I was. I was walking. It was the afternoon. I think it was Thursday. I'm in the park. I sit down at this bench. I'm reading a book. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, I sit down on this bench, and this kid's there with his. It's his mum. And two boys, her sons, I guess. And uh, the boys, are, I want to say they're like 10. And I sit down on the bench and I like, I kind of, I'm like, oh, let me just see this. Like there was some, one of the kids, one of the boys was playing with the dog. And the mom was just kind of standing there like, you know, looking after them, I guess. I don't know, making sure that they didn't burst into flames or whatever. And... um the other kid was, he, he'd climbed a tree and he'd done a pretty good job at climbing the tree because the lowest bough for him to get a purchase on was like, he had to jump up to get it. So he did some serious climbing and then he was up the tree and it was getting dark. It was like the sun was going down, light was quickly fading. And so this mom is going to the kid like, all right, man, you know, time to go. And, uh... And then she just turned around and was like playing with the dog. The kid had a ball that it kept throwing at the dog and it had one of those cool little fucking plastic arms, you know, that like picked the ball up um, and then threw it far away and the dog's running after the ball. And this kid up the tree starts making noises like, whoa, look how high up I am. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to get down. Like he's looking for attention from his mom, you know, and uh I was watching that just rolling my fucking eyes through the other side of my head going like, man, you fucking come on. You know, like, shut up. Why are you looking for attention like this? And that was the thing that made me hate him. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun? Like, he was up the tree and he's going like, oh, this is, he's just, oh my God, I hated it. I hated it. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to get down from it. This is a tough one. And his mum and his brother are just like looking in the other direction like, yeah, all right, man, good luck. And, um... I'm watching him going like, wouldn't it be funny for me to go, like I was imagining walking over and validating this kid's attention-seeking behavior. Like if I went and positioned myself in between the kid and the mom or like kind of there, look at the kid or I don't know, that would be weird to approach. Maybe if I was already in a kind of distance where I could shout to just be like, oh man, you climbed that tree yourself, huh? Like, yeah, good for you, man. You did that all by yourself. That's awesome. <laughs> and then turn to the mum and wink like, yeah, deal with that later. I just fed his ego. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not going to do that because it's just like fucking a bunch of strangers and I'm not a psycho. 
But uh, I thought that would be a funny thing to do if you were like, I don't know, the uncle, right? If you were somehow in that dynamic, and it, but it's not your kid to just like throw him a little bone of like, like cause he, what he's doing in climbing the tree is trying to be like, oh my God, someone pay attention to me. I'm climbing a tree. Please quit. Like I need attention to give him the attention and then look at the mom go, ha 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 ha. Because <laughs> you know you give him that attention, and then he's gonna feel all good and like he's the center of attention, and that's just a nightmare to deal with. And anyway, that's how I realized that. Oh, that's me. <laughs> and I remembered. I reckon in my childhood, like I, my grandma is a big. She's big on the sly wink. She's big on the like conspiratorial wink, you know. And uh, I reckon there have been moments in my childhood when she, when I'd been looking for a tent, I was climbing trees all the time, man. Climbing a tree is kind of just like a cry for help, isn't it? Fuck. Like the older a kid is, they keep climbing trees. It's just like, yeah, all right, man, you did it. <laughs> well done. Jesus, imagine the fucking egos on. Like, surely at some point you got to grow out of climbing a tree and, and it's like, can you do something actually worthwhile to get attention? And then people who are doing like high wires and shit. Edmund Hillary climbing Mount Everest. Isn't that just some real attention-seeking bullshit? Because what is a mountain but a giant tree, if you think about it? And, um, and I, what happened to hit fucking... The mum on that guy, I mean, everyone forgets Edmund Hillary. There's also Tenzig Norgay, who was the Tibetan fucking, Tibetan or Nepalese or whatever, Sherpa, who helped him up there and they were mates. But Edmund Hillary, who's the white dude, who you know it was his idea. Tenzig probably fucking climbed the mountain a million times and then he was like, all right, Whitey, I'll take you up the top. You can plant your British flag and tell everyone you were the first one. Um, yeah, imagine the mum on that guy. Because like this kid's mum in not turning around and giving him the attention was doing the right thing, you know? It's like, let me show this kid that you can't just climb a tree and suddenly you're the fucking hero. Um, and so the kid needs to learn to stop climbing trees for attention and start doing, you know, something else. Like, I don't know, start doing stand-up comedy. <laughs> start doing something that's actually valuable if you want attention, right? Um and uh, it was brutal because, um, oh, anyway, what was I saying about my grandma? Yeah, I reckon I, I used to, I 100% was a kid who climbed trees a bunch, all, always. And uh, there's really no inherent value in doing that. But I reckon my grandma was always, <laughs> actually, now that I think about it, she absolutely was always one going like, look at you climbing that tree. Ooh, someone's clever. That's the word clever. She, <laughs> She would always call me clever for climbing trees and then send me running off back to my mum in my head going like, I'm really clever. I'm a clever boy. I can climb a tree. <laughs> what a fucking nightmare. Anyway, I, I thought it would be fun to do that. <laughs> I guess my grandma probably always thought it was funny to do that to my mum as a little fuck you for fucking, you know, being a, her kid growing up. Away. Anyway, fucking... Uh, the the wild part of that was the kids stayed up the tree for so long that the mum did genuinely after a while become concerned that he couldn't climb down the tree. And the whole time I was sitting there watching going, 
Stop fucking lying to yourself and your mum. You know damn well that you can absolutely climb down that tree. You climbed up coming from a serial tree climber slash attention seeker. You know you climbed up that tree. You can just fucking dangle. You fucking put your arms over your head and dangle your ass down and just fucking drop. Stop being a pussy. Oh, I don't know if I can get down. The, the mum's standing there then. She's finally... She gave in. She was like, "Oh, are you are you are you okay?" <laughs> I'm like, "You're creating a monster, lady. Don't do it. Don't feed into this, because that kid is gonna be living at home well into his twenties." <laughs> anyway, oh, so yeah, that was kind of cool. Went for a nice walk. Um, been going for a bunch of walks. I went the walk that I went on Saturday night, man. I. Uh, I was, uh, it was like at night and it was all foggy and shit. I took a real nice photo. That's going to be the picture for this week. If you want to check that out on the Instagram, um, sitting under podcasts. Uh, yeah, there was like this, the best bits were the photos that I could, the best photos are the ones you really can't recapture. You know, those moments that are just for you. Um, uh, but really though, the like down in Merry Creek with like, you know, the, trees and shit all around me and it was too dark for my camera to work and it was just like rolling fog oh my god so it's just a really beautiful moment for myself um but i took a picture of that park where i saw that kid and his mom and then his brother who was just ignored by the way oh that poor brother playing with the dog doing the fucking good thing you know and and then the brother was the first one to check on the kid up the tree. Oh, man. Like, you know, he went over and, and, and fed into it. And then the mother, like, whatever. Anyway, I took a picture of that park, but at night, which I'm sure is symbolic of something. I don't fucking know. Who cares? That's going to be the picture this week. Go and check that out. And what else? I got an email from my grandpa. Man, I've been... Uh, was I, is this a good story? I've been thinking about this. My grandpa today emailed me a bunch of stuff about, you know, gardening things and recommended me a few books that I could read. And um, there's a joke with my grandpa, like a kind of family joke that he's never read, but he's read one book in his life. And it's this book called uh, Jim fucking something. And the way that the joke started was when my mom and her sister were growing up, they were always like, oh, I'm bored. And he would always tell them to read this one book. And the joke is that like he's only ever read one book in his life and actually he didn't even read that book, but he just like always recommends it, whatever. And <clears throat> he plays that joke so well and leans into the kind of character or whatever so hard that I guess I've believed for a long time, like maybe he hasn't read them. Oh, no, I mean, I know he's read books, but just... That's the thing. I know he's read books, but he doesn't need to tell you that he's read books. And then I get this email from him today and he's recommending me all these botany books and authors and, and like, you know, this book or that book and making reference to these things. And I'm like, man, this dude has read a bunch of books, but he just doesn't feel the need. Pap, my grandpa, never climbing. Fucking no trees, man. No trees for him. He's not a tree climber. He's a tree planter, and uh, that's my new philosophy in the world: is that there are two kinds, two 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 kinds, two kinds of people in this world: people who climb trees and people who plant trees. All right, there's the people who just fucking go up the finished product and go, "Woo, look at me! I'm in a tree." And then there's the cunt fucking thirty years before that who put that tree in the ground. 
And where's he? He's not climbing the tree. He's off planting new trees and not waving his flag around. That That is, he is the Tenzig Norgay of this world. My grandpa is a Nepalese Sherpa and I am a famous mountaineer. All right. Does that make sense? Because it does to me. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Next topic. <clears throat> I've been reading this book, uh, the Tibetan Book of the Dead. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the book that I was reading when I was walking around. And it's a pretty cool book. Um, there I go again, needing to tell people that I've read, but ooh, I'm reading a fucking book about 8th century Tibetan Buddhist philosophy. But you know what? I am, and I'm not going to hide that. Um, here's my tree. Now watch me climb it. Anyway, so... I'm reading this book and uh, I just, like, I mean, it's a cool book and it's about, I guess it's about, I haven't actually started reading the, it, it, the book that I've got is like, it's translated by this guy, Robert A.F. Thurman, forward by the Dalai Lama. And uh, it was written in the early 90s, but the book itself, so this, this translation was written in the early 90s, but the book itself is from like, 800 AD and it's from what I can tell like I'm only what am I 25 pages in the font's really small though all right so like it's actually 50 like normal type face pages um from what I can tell the actual book which I'm going to get to I've the, the introduction is probably like a half of the book because it's like contextualizing this you know 1500 or what no 13 12 1300 year old text um and the, but the book itself was like the culmination of this Tibetan civilization that lasted from two and a half thousand years ago, like for, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of years and uh, just saw death and life and humanity and whatever in a completely different way to the way that we're, it's like just a, it's a, it's another viewpoint on life to Western philosophy. And it's really interesting. And they have these ways of, explaining you know the body and how it works that are not based in scientific principle at all but like a completely different system of logic or reasoning or i don't fucking re- that's as best as i can understand it at this point but there was one part that really i so the guy who's written this book is has evidently i mean he clearly can speak fluent tibetan to be able to translate the book from the ancient whatever <clears throat> but uh and, and so he's clearly, he's like devoted his life to this branch of knowledge, a study, and, and he's written the foreword and the translation of this book. So that's what he's passionate about. But I love when you're reading something and you get a glimpse into like, oh, they're also passionate about this other thing that has nothing to do with the book. And um, I'm reading and he's talking about how... Western cultures think of death as nothingness, like modern science. And I guess that's like, you know, about, uh, it's like not religion, but like the atheist, whatever that modern, does that make sense? Most people think there's nothing after death is what he's, I think that's what he's making reference to that after death, science says that there's nothing. And he's kind of addressing that and talking about how if there's no evidence for there being something after death, well, there's also no evidence of there being nothing after death, but people believe that there's nothing after death and they think they're so smart for believing that. And uh, and he says, 
<clears throat> well, uh, what makes the materialists, I guess that's us, people that believe in material evidence, what makes the materialists believe so powerfully in the nothingness of that one energy continuum? Or so the nothingness of death. The answer is, obviously, that they have no grounds at all for this belief. It is merely a belief based on brave assertion, corroborated by the many other believers, all without a shred of evidence, reinforced by constant repetition and dogmatic insistence. It provides ultimate comfort, satisfying the religious urge to have a complete sense of reality. This comfortingness might give rise to suspicion or doubt, so it is disguised for the materialist by the pretense that nothingness is something frightening, something undesirable, a bitter pill that he or she, the brave modern human grown-up, has learned to swallow. And that last little bit there, a bitter pill that he or she, the brave modern human grown-up, a little bit of fucking sarcasm from the fucking Robert A. Thurman, studier of Tibetan Buddhism, friend of the Dalai Lama, evidently. The brave, okay, modern, yeah, right, human, yeah, grown-up. Oh, the little grown-up who thinks he's figured out the fucking meaning of life and death. I love that so much because it's like, okay, this guy cares about Buddhism, but evidently he also cares about, like, fuck you, Western society and all you cunts think you're so smart, but here's a book from the 8th century that I reckon is just as smart as you. You know what? I don't know where I'm going with this one. Let's chalk this one up to... Oh, does that make sense? I like the little bit of snarkiness in a book. Like I can really feel this guy's dismissal of, of... Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I think that's all I got to say about that. Do I have one more thing to say? Yes, I do. And what can I say before this? Do I have anything else that I want to add? Say thank you. Oh, a lot of people fucking posting this hashtag save live comedy on Instagram, which I really like and enjoy. Actually, let me fucking find this. Um, Alfie Brown, who is one of the best comics I've ever seen live, I reckon. And, uh, I guess is a friend, I don't know, I wouldn't call him a friend, but we know each other. Um, I, he's just like a fucking comic that I really admire and look up to, and he's fucking, his last show, I think I spoke about it on the podcast, was incredible. Um, posted this, so a lot of people have been posting, uh, a lot of comics have been posting on the hashtag Save Live Comedy, because evidently in the UK, some like economic study just kind of came out or whatever, there's... 77% of live comedy venues are going to close within the next 12 months because of this COVID-19 crisis. And it fucking sucks. And um, people have been posting Save Live Comedy because, I don't know, I guess they want more support from the government for live comedy venues. And on one hand, I mean, I th obviously I think that's great because I do want to save live comedy. <clears throat> And, you know, it's nice that people can make a living. I think it's funny that a lot of comedians are posting about it because I just, my first thought was like, you really think like if the government is going to give money to quote unquote support the comedy industry, like the comedians aren't seeing any of that money, I don't think. I just, like if you put your self in the mind of some government legislator, if they're going to allocate a bunch of money to the comedy industry, it's going to be like to the clubs and the bookers and promoters and agents and all of the people in the industry. Like, 
I don't know. I don't really care about that money coming in or not because either way, it just doesn't feel like I'm going to see it. Maybe there'd be more work, I guess. But I feel like if the rest of the economy... I don't know. I just... It feels like... The, uh, I get it's important. It's nice to feel valued by the society that you live in if that's what it's about. But I don't know, man. I don't really think we... Do we need the money? Oh, if the comedy festival... I guess if the money's there, give it to them. But I don't feel like that money is really coming to me and to the other comedians who are posting about it. You know, I feel like that money is just going to... Maybe this is my resentment of the industry. I feel like it's always lining the pockets of the people who aren't actually making the stuff, you know? And um, so I saw all the people posting that and there were some really nice stories and people, you know, talking about how they got into comedy and shit. And I loved it. I read a bunch of them, man. And it fucking sucks. Like, it just really hurts at the moment to not be able to do what well, Look, there's so Alfie Brown summed it up in the best way possible for me he said uh, this is a picture of him on a stage um just you know doing stand-up and uh he said i had a haircut yesterday i asked the charming man with the scissors if he was happy to be back at work and he said yeah i've really missed being good at something very apposite i love stand-up and i'm and obsessed with it and am obsessed with it to a fault hashtag save live comedy that was all he wrote and after I googled the word apposite, <laughs> and uh, I'll find. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, Google. Define apposite. No, not fucking opposite. See, even Google doesn't know. That's how smart Alfie Brown is. Not opposite, you fucking silly duffer. Apposite. 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 Apposite, apt in the circumstances or in relation to something. I mean, basically just, you know, fitting, uh, prescient, maybe. Anyway, it just, yeah, I really missed being good at something that hairdresser said and, and that's it, man. I just, re I feel, and I think a lot of comedians feel like this is the thing, when you put your identity into something, it's not just a fucking little sign that you put on your back and go, this is what I am. It's also something that you work towards and strive towards and, and work on and get better at and it's fulfilling to get better at something and to have that thing taken away is like, I don't feel like I'm good at anything anymore because that was the thing that I'm... <laughs> that I've worked on for eight years and I don't have it. And, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess all the bitterness of, of like, oh, all that money's not going to come to comedians. That's kind of irrelevant. That's just my fucking issues coming out. And I need to put that to the side and I will, I need to, no, I would like to put that to the side. Thank you. Therapy. Um, that was an unhelpful, helpful thinking style there. I don't need to do anything. I would like to be able to move past that bitterness and, uh, and just acknowledge that it, it is a real bummer and it makes me sad to feel like I'm not good at something anymore. And so what I'm going to do is work on something else so I can feel like I'm good at that. Yeah. Um, fuck, I need to pee real bad. And I've done a lot of time, so I might leave it there, to be honest. And the song that I am going to play now is uh, Camille this French artist that I loved, man. I heard her on Triple J actually years and years ago. Um, this album is called Le Fil. 
which means the thread and uh it came out in 2005 and i remember it was a feature album on triple j was it the feature i think it was a feature album on triple j 2005 i would have been 14 and i went through a phase of listening to triple j a bunch when i was around that age because i thought that that made me smart and uh the theme means the thread and the album what's kind of cool about it that always made me remember it was it's firstly done with a lot of vocal samples so it's just her voice making all these weird beatboxy sounds and no 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 um but at the start of the album she goes and just starts humming like you hear her breathe in and then you hear her hum and through the album that hum is constant it's looped and it's sometimes the pitch changes and it makes chords and whatever but the hum is always there it's the thread underneath all of the songs and i just i fucking always thought that was really cool and uh i always used to i remember this album because i used to put it on to go to sleep because it's a really sweet kind of calming album and it's all in french so i don't even really understand a lot of what it is some of it's not but the most of it is and uh i remember staying at my friend ross's house in high school we would always land together i'd take my computer my big like tower, you know, PC gaming computer over to his house and uh, and we would play games and then when it was time to go to sleep, a lot of the time if it was me picking the music, I would put this song on or this, sorry, I'd put this album on and I realised a lot of the times that I've listened to this album have been going to sleep. I don't really listen to it when I'm walking around or whatever because that's just the kind of music that it is and I realised that I don't know like the last few songs because I'm always asleep by then. Um... This song that I'm about to play, it's called uh, Quand Je Marche, I think. Quand Je Marche. Quand Je Marche, I think is how you say it. Um, which I think means when I walk. Yeah, I reckon it means... Let me find out. Uh, je Marche. Translate. Translate. Oh, lyrics translation. Quand je marche. Oh, fuck. Ah! God damn it. Why did I fucking do it like that? Why didn't I do it like this? Okay. <laughs> Quand je marche. And it means when I walk. Yes. See, look, I fucking, I've spent a bit of time in France, all right? Look at me up this tree, climbing away, huh? Mom, look, it means, it means when I walk, mom. <laughs> anyway, um, it's a really beautiful song. This is the last song that sticks in my mind from the album, but I realized when I looked at the album just now, there's actually three after it. So you know what I'm going to do in a sec? I'm going to fucking go for a walk and I'm going to listen to the whole album, Okay. This song coming up is Conjure Marche by Camille. Thank you guys for listening to the pod this week. Um, I've been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace. Je chante, je m'abandonne Quand je marche, je marche droit Et quand je chante
who know that a little late is always too late and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry and our keep stock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.